So we have some special speakers this morning. Uh, Jeff and Melissa Campo. It's kind of a funny little saying there. Um, they're going to come team teach this morning. They are great. If you don't know them, get to know them. They're a fun couple. Um, I, I think you guys are great. And so come on up. Would you give them a hand as they come up this morning? First time, so we're excited. Here we go. Hey everyone, so Jeff, Melissa, Hi. we've been here for, well, together we've been here for about a year. I think I was here a little bit longer, but, yep. um, but a little while back, Kurt asked if I would do a sermon, and that sounded like fun, so I said sure. Um, I'm not sure how these things usually go, but, <laughs> but I can tell you, for me, he asked what I wanted to talk about, and I didn't know. And a couple of weeks would go by, and he'd ask me again, and I still didn't know what I needed to, what I needed to say. Um, so, came up to just a week ago, <laughs> and I'd been kicking around a couple ideas, but still didn't know what I was supposed to talk about. So, me and Kerr had a call, and I talked about a couple of the subjects I'd been thinking about, and the one that really took off was waiting. Uh, waiting on the Lord. Waiting for the gifts that we ask for. Um, so, great, have a topic. Start writing a sermon. No. <laughs> Com complete writer's block. Um, and that's where Melissa came in, and she really helped me get started. And, and we wrote this together. Um, and, uh, and then as we went through the sermon, worked through it, uh, we really found that Melissa needed to be here too. Well, Kurt found that I needed to be here too, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> So here we are. Um, we uh, wanted to share with you a little bit about our story of waiting for each other. And, um, and I think kind of hopefully something interesting comes out of that. So one thing I'm warning you about too, Melissa is not a fan of public speaking. She, she did not want to be here with me today, but I just can't even tell you how proud I am that she, she stepped I'll up above that. I'm, I'm really nervous right now, so just bear with me. So let's start. Now, where we're going to start is a little bit of background. Um, so late teens, early 20s, I knew my goal, what I wanted, was to find that one person for me, the person God had designed for me, and to get married, travel for a while, settle down, start a family. It's maybe not the most original, I think a lot of people are there, but it was my dream, and I really worked towards that. So my story is a lot like Jeff's. Um, I thought I'd be married by my early 20s, and we'd be done having kids by my 30s, and that was just not really what God had in store for me. By the time I turned 25 and there was no serious boyfriend in sight. I was kind of sitting there going, come on, God, this is, this is what I want, and you know that that's what I want, so make it happen. And then I hit my 30s, and it still wasn't happening, and there was really a lot of other things going on in life, and I just felt like this was not happening ever, and I really had to stop and ask God what it was he wanted for me, and why wasn't he giving me what I wanted right then? He 
tells me he's going to answer the desires of my heart. This is my most sincere desire. So why isn't he answering that for me? So I was asking myself mostly the same questions. Why isn't God giving me the one thing I was asking for most? Um, and is the lack of an answer a no? And should I stop asking about it? I'm wondering if everybody else here has had a similar experience. Something you wanted, that one thing, the greatest desire of your heart, um, but you just haven't heard an answer about it. And maybe when you don't hear an answer, you wonder if that is the answer. And doesn't that really hurt when you're not getting that one thing you really want? So clearly God worked it out for us. I mean, we're both up here. <laughs> we're married. We made it. But there was a waiting process for us. It didn't follow our schedule and our plan. And with talking about it, I think that there was something very important in that wait. Something that was really easily missed, but really quite valuable. So John Y is praying for us today. Hi. Please pray for the sermon and uh, lift up another church. Lord, we just thank you that, that um, your paths for us are unique and special and um, ordained by you for each one of us. It's different. And so, Lord, I thank you for the, the path that you've given Jeff and Melissa. And, Lord, the lesson that it has for us. And while we may not be in the same situation, Lord, there are plenty of times when we have ideas and you have different timings on those things. And so Lord, I pray that we would, um, in our um, listening to this message today, we would hear your heart of why you hold and what you have for us and what that you, know, you want us more than um, you want us to have certain things. And so Lord, I pray that today's message would be um, enriching. And uh, Lord, I pray this uh, today for uh, Eastside Foursquare Church, Lord, that you would bless them and that you would speak to them as you're speaking to us. Um, something unique for us. As, uh, as you're giving us something unique, you're giving them something unique. And we're going to give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you. So, kick off today with a verse. Psalm 37.4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. Now, this is a verse I've wrestled with a lot in my life. I'm hoping I'm not alone. <laughs> um, it's sometimes really hard for me to accept that promise when I ask for something and I don't see it happen. It's like I've put in the requisition forms in triplicate and nothing. I've felt like this a lot of times before I met Melissa. Perhaps the biggest one was shortly after I moved to Colorado. This was the first time I was moving several states away from my family in Southern California. And all of a sudden I had a 16-hour drive or a, or a plane flight to see anyone I knew. Um, and that was lonely. I, it was me and God for several months trying to find my place, and I couldn't help but ask, why can't I have someone here with me? 
Why isn't there a, a special person by my side? Um, why do I have to do this alone? Eventually, I found new friends, and I started my life in Colorado. And I thought that the lack of an answer was my answer. And it seemed clear that God's plan for me was to stay single. So for me, it was watching first my sister get married, and then my much younger brother was getting married, and all my friends are getting married and having babies and moving on with their life, with, which is exactly what I wanted God to give me. And God's still sitting there going, nope. And I wasn't really sure if the question, or the answer to my question was, this isn't for you, or this isn't for you yet. So it was a lot of just continuing to wait and be honestly a little bit mad at God that he's not doing what I want him to do. And I had to finally stop and ask myself what it was that I was going to do. Was I going to keep whining to God about how I wasn't getting what I wanted? Or was I going to stop and learn to listen to what he wanted for me? So I came to the conclusion that God was really saying he had different plans for me. And I tried to prepare myself for that route. I tried to give up on what I wanted for what God wanted. But I couldn't ever quite let go. I couldn't quite give up that dream. And I uh, just tried to follow, but not maybe the most successfully. I tried to change my plans and my goals. You're still trying to change your wanter, as Kurt would say. <laughs> yes, which he got quite a kick out of in the sermon call. <laughs> um, so, I tried to make my dreams for the future match what I thought that God wanted for me. About the same time, I was reading God Smuggler. Um, it was a fun book. I quite enjoyed it. But there was one part that I was reading that really spoke to me at the time, where uh, Brother Andrew was hoping for the same thing I was. He was asking God, and he asked, and God said no. And so he asked again, and God said no. And finally he said, I'll ask one more time, and if you say no, I won't ever ask again. And finally God said yes. And then he found a wife, started a family. Now, that gave me a lot of hope, and I quite attached to that message that maybe someday God would change his mind for me, and I would find the person I was looking for. Um, I wasn't quite as accepting as he was, because my faithful heart really wanted to trust God and follow what he wanted for me, but the selfish part of me was just kicking and screaming the whole time, saying, no, 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 no. And um, I really think it's hard for us just as humans to give up what we want. It's, it's something that we kind of learn from childhood. We want to eat, so we're fed. We want a toy, so somebody plays with us. You know, it's, it's just how we are. And now God's saying, no, that's not how this is going to go. You're going to need to follow where I'm at. And he's going to push me to get, a, get there. Um, I really didn't want to give up on those things that I wanted, but... I knew God might be asking me to. So finally, I just flat out asked him, if this is not what you want for me, God, you have to take this desire from me because it's just too strong. It's, it's just always there. It's always present with me, and I can't handle it anymore. But God was still staying silent about this, and um, I had to just continually remind myself that God had a plan. He says it's a really, really good plan for me and that I just need to trust that he knows what's best for me right now. 
I could have stayed mad at God about that, and I, I did for a long time, but it didn't really work to, to hold that grudge against him because as long as I was holding that grudge against him, I wasn't really putting my trust in him. I wasn't really having faith that he, what he was gonna do for me was gonna be a really good thing. Maybe different from what I wanted, but it was still gonna be good and really better than what I wanted for myself. So, yeah, that's kind of where I ended up there. So, I mean, there, honestly, time, there was, a, there was a problem with how I tried to follow God. I tried to give up what I desired for God, and that's not bad, but I did it with an internal sense of sacrifice, that I was making some kind of noble gesture by giving up my wants. Um, and inwardly, I took some pride in that and kind of reveled in what I thought was my nice, strong Christianity. Um, in hindsight, I really don't think that's what God wanted from, from me in the first place. I don't think he asked us to give up what we want because his wants are more important. Um, I think he was asking me to, uh, to change what I wanted to what he wanted for me because he knew that his plan was better. I mean, can't help thinking about a child. When, when we're young, we sometimes can't see the bigger picture. Um, I mean, how many times have you been with a child and, and you know something is happening that they're going to love, but they're fixated on something else, something smaller, something not as great. And it takes so much convincing to get them to let go of the lesser thing so that you can give them the greater thing. And that's absolutely what I feel like God was trying to convince me <laughs> of. Um, and uh, show me the amazing plans he had for my life. Of course, didn't know that then. So I kept on trying to find contentment in what I thought was God's plan. And eventually I moved to San Diego, then found my way to Washington. Now I'd wanted to move up here for a long time, but had to get, have everything in the right order, had to have a job that was compatible, know that I was going to be in a good place when I got here. So it took some time. But once I got up here, I was very happy. And then something strange happened. See, I felt the need to join a Christian dating site. And I'd tried dating sites on and off and never really been very successful. Um, so I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to try this out, try to find, meet new people in a new state. And originally, maybe, uh, I was naturally kind of more of a quiet person, especially around new people. Didn't really like being the first one to talk. But by this point, God had worked with me a lot. He had brought me along to the point where I needed to be. Um, in fact, I can remember one time where I was stuck in the Copenhagen airport. The plane was late, delayed over six hours. Um, I was sitting in a, a, a gate in a brand new terminal with no other planes coming and going, with a group of very tired, not very happy passengers, quite a few of who did not speak the same language as me. But for some reason, traveling alone and being alone, I still felt the need to reach out and talk to people. 
And soon we had a large group having a healthy conversation and having a wonderful time, and the time passed quickly and the plane came. And only afterwards did I see how God had taught me that I didn't need to be as afraid of, of interacting with people and, and learned to engage more with people I didn't know. And that was necessary when it came to trying out the dating site and meeting Melissa. Um, so you guys don't really know me, a lot of you at least, so what you don't know about me is that I can be really lazy actually about getting up and getting out there and trying to meet new people. It's, it's really hard, nobody likes to do it I don't think actually, but some people are just more gifted at it than others and I was just not one of those people. So at this point in my life God had said, you need to move, you need to get yourself up to Washington. Pretty much all of my family had moved up here, I was left kind of alone in Southern California, and one of my really good friends just constantly was telling me that I wasn't where I needed to be, that God didn't want me to actually be here as much as she was gonna miss me, and she does, and I miss her, but we still talk, and that's good, and she just kept saying, though, you need to move. This is not where you're supposed to be. This is not where your story ends. You're not supposed to stay in Southern California forever. So I'd moved up to Washington, and through a lot of other things in life, God was making room in my life and then was pushing me to say, get out and meet new people. And one of those things that I felt like he'd been kind of pushing me on was dating. And so I signed up for a, a dating site. Online. Luckily the same one. Luckily the same one. <laughs> and, um, and we started emailing each other, actually. We emailed each other for probably five or six months without ever actually meeting and we both had all kinds of stuff going on in our lives in the meantime and it just wasn't the right time for us to meet so we hadn't but new year's comes around and of course you're sitting there on new year's eve with you know whoever you're hanging out with this happened to be my parents and my sister and her husband and my aunt and uncle and i'm just sitting here going i really wish i had someone here with me and I really felt like God was prompting me, because I'm not usually the one to take the first step or anything, but I felt like God had prompted me to email him and say, hey, we've been doing this long enough now, we need to meet. And at the same time as I'm getting online and emailing him that, he's emailing me the same thing. So, it was very cute, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, what well, we didn't realize at the time, but what I think God has been teaching us as we worked on this sermon was to um, the true value of the time we spent waiting, not just the time that we finally met. And the thing about waiting with God is it's not running out the clock. It's an active participation with God. It's, it's a working together to grow to your... Yeah, uh, not to, the, not to, to cut you off or anything, babe, but yeah. I have to say for me, my... my best way of participating with God is really and truly through prayer. It's something I do pretty much, well, every day, definitely, pretty much all day long, and it's, it's usually little, just like, hey, God, what's up, kind of things, but it's constant. It's always there, so. That's convenient, because you know what? The Bible talks about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Um, I found this one, so I'm gonna talk about it a little bit here. Um, what I always take away from this is that God wants us to be happy. He wants us to bring everything we think about, we 
want everything we desire to him. He wants us to talk to him and he wants to hear from us no matter what it is, good, bad, or indifferent. This is him telling us not to be anxious about things because he's waiting for his chance to teach us not to be. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's easy or anything. It's sometimes really hard and sometimes your answers are obvious, but most of the time they're not. I feel like most of the time God is in the little things. It's it's in that friend that you talk to who she just somehow knows exactly what you need to hear right then that's soothing to your soul. God's put that person in your life so that he can talk to you through them. Sometimes it's, you know, meeting some random stranger at a coffee shop and you guys start talking and it's clicking and and your day is just better because you've had this one small little conversation. And I feel like that's that's when I start really noticing God and then I start searching for him and all of these little things that are just happening in the course of my day that he's there and he's constantly there for me. Sometimes it really doesn't have anything to do with anything else that's going on in life right then, but he's really showing himself to me so that I can say, okay, God, I'm not seeing you in my big thing here, but you're in this little thing here. So I know you're there. I know you're working. I know you're doing something. So I can trust that you're going to be there all the way through to my big thing. Whether it's what I think it's going to be or not, you're still going to be there working in it. So I think, well, God, we're waiting and we're working with God and he's preparing us for the gifts he's planned. A big part of that is he's teaching us to recognize them once they arrive. I mean, sometimes he's giving us what we want. Sometimes it's something better. But a gift doesn't always look like what we thought it would. So while me and Melissa were waiting for God, waiting for him to find each other for us, although we didn't know it was each other at the time, uh, we learned kind of more about our desire, mapped its extents, came to really intimately know it. And then when we finally met each other, God had prepared us so that we could recognize, as we got to know each other, that we were the perfect match, the perfect fit, that he had really designed us to fit together like pieces of a puzzle. Um, yeah, just to kind of go along with that, I knew exactly what that hole in me looked like. I didn't know what God was going to fill it with. And that's where I felt like that waiting really prepared me to, to recognize that. Because, I mean, Jeff could have looked like anything, but he's still going to be Jeff. And th it was that, that part of him that fills that hole that I knew so well. So, so good news, Dr. Hukot. I was watching this episode, actually with Melissa, and one part really stuck out to me. Dr. Hukot said, we all change when you think about it. We're all different people all through our lives, and that's okay. That's good. That line really kicked off a, a little revelation for me. I mean, who I am today and who I was yesterday and who I'll be tomorrow are all different people. I'm growing, hopefully, um, with, with God's help. And so it wasn't just about finding Melissa, who God had made for me, but it was also about finding her at the right time so that we were the right people when we met. Are you done? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have to say, if God had tried to give Jeff to me five years ago, I was not ready. I was not the same person I am now, and I don't think I would have appreciated him. At the time, I was working for um, 
as a technical director for three high schools, and they kept me busy around the clock. A 12-hour day was pretty common, and on the weekends I'd hit 18 hours, and there's not a whole lot of time for your personal life in that. And it was tough because I really feel like, like that creative side of me was something God's given to me, that that's something that I can use in ministry and daily life and in all, all little things that God says, here, go use your gifts in. Um, I got to work with all these teenagers, which I really enjoy. I actually really enjoy teenagers. They're just, they're becoming people. They're becoming real adults. They have their own, <laughs> I know, it sounds funny, they're becoming people, but, but they have their own ideas of life, and they're usually filled with a lot of hope, and they're usually wanting to go out and do big, great things. I've not really met a teenager who says, I want to work at McDonald's the rest of my life. They generally are, I want to go be the star of some Broadway show. I want to go be a doctor. They're just generally joyful people, but they're all going through really tough times. Hormones are terrible. Nobody likes them, and they've got a lot of them. And so I thought it was a really good fit for me to be there to kind of help these kids and, and show them how to be mature, responsible adults, because that's not always the easiest thing for a teenager. So I really liked what I was doing, even though it was pushing me to step back from friendships that I had, and, and I knew I wasn't doing everything that God had wanted for me. I was still listening to him, but I wasn't hearing everything that he was saying to me, and he had to do some things to make time in my life. Um, you don't know I was gonna talk about this, but he'd actually, well, I'm not gonna say God did this to me because it was a really terrible thing, but I'd injured my back really badly to the point where I was laid up and out of work for, I couldn't go to work for about two weeks because I couldn't stand up at all. And through that, it forced me to take time and to step back from how much I was doing. And while I don't really like that I've done this to my back and it still bothers me today, it does make sure I stop sometimes and I stop and listen to what God has to say to me. And in moving up here, I, I am not doing that job anymore and it, it really stretched out what I had to offer other things now. And God really has used that time, that, that, that downtime, I guess you'll call it, for, for growing me and stretching me and pushing me. And it's, it's hard sometimes because when you're in those positions, especially if you're like in a position of pain and you're like, God, come on, please take this away from me and that pain is still there, it's hard to trust that, that God is there and working through it. And I don't think I saw this for a really long time, but I can see that he's been changing me this whole time, that he's been pushing me to trust in him deeper and to have faith that he's going to help me out more than I ever have before. And through all of this, this waiting and this time that he's taken, he's really changed me into what he needed me to be to get me here. So, I mean, we didn't just, we don't just see it like we got to be the right people, but it's, God's had a lot of opportunity to introduce us, us before. He's pretty good at accomplishing anything, but, but in our case, so, on the left there, you'll see Southern California, where we both lived for a long time. And we constantly moved around within 
just a few minutes drive minutes, of each maybe. other, maybe 30 minutes drive. And then all of a sudden, about the same year, we both decided to move all the way up the coast and ended up a short walk away from each other. I mean, it's clear, God had us lined up and ready to go, but it wasn't until he got us here and he got us to this point in our, li our lives that he decided that the timing was perfect to introduce us. So this always kind of felt like a little bit of evidence mm -hmm. of, of God's plan for us. And mm -hmm. if you know us, you've probably heard the story. If you don't know us and you learn, get to know us in the future, sorry, you you're going to hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it just speaks to us that the plan was there all along. It was just waiting for us to grow into the, um, into the plan. It's been nice that we've also had, like, similar, similar background for where we've lived and that, like, we were talking about how hot it was up here because it was 85 degrees. And I was going, eh, but we could be in Southern California where it's 115 right now. <laughs> so, uh, Proverbs 3, verses 6 to 5, 5 to 6, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. To me, this is God just putting it right there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's the crux of our faith, basically. And he's telling me he won't under, that I won't understand, so I can't just put my faith in myself. I can't only rely on myself. Only then he's also asking me to submit to him. And I think, I think as people, but especially as Americans, um, submitting to somebody else is like, no, no, we don't do that. We don't put ourselves beneath anybody else. But I started thinking about it, and when you do put your, yourself beneath someone, it means somebody else is covering you. And in this case, God's got me covered. And if God's got me covered, I really don't have to worry about things anymore. He's going to put me straight. He's going to put me where I need to be, because he's got this. So the thing about waiting for me is sometimes it feels kind of like a trial or a test, something I have to get through. But God's for me, that's not really so much of a test for us, him checking up on how we're doing, because he already knows my heart. He knows where I'm at. His test is for me. Uh, he wants me to know where I'm at, me to understand that my trust in him is strong and genuine. And sometimes he wants to get me there. If I'm not there already, sometimes it's the test that helps me make that last little leap to trusting him completely. And when I was feeling like I was saying, you know, my plan, not yours, that was hard. Um, but he knew my heart, he knew my desires better than I did. And he was able to fulfill those for me in a way better than I could ever imagine. I'm sorry, I kind of lost my place in where we're at. Are we here? Yep. Okay, sorry. Um, I have my notes and they're helping me out here. So um, for me, in, in waiting to anticipate these really good gifts that God had in store for me, I had to also be able to appreciate them once I got them. I had to be ready for them. I had to make room for them in my life. And the only way that was going to happen was if God took that time to, to push me and stretch me. And yeah, he, he really made me a different person than I was at 25. I, at 25, God and I were good. We, we, we knew each other and we were all good and, and had been for a while. 
but through all of this, he's, he's pushed me deeper with him. We've become closer, and I rely on him a lot more. He's, he's really, yeah, he's made me become what he needed me to be. So what we learned was waiting wasn't just about getting us through to the point where God decided that we could have what we wanted. He made the whole time that we waited a part of the gift he was giving us, and maybe even a little bit of the greater part. Um, so I have two takeaways kind of from all of this. One of them is if you've never written a sermon before, even if you don't plan on giving it to anybody, you really should because it's forced me to think about things in a way I hadn't before and to examine really and truly what was God was doing. And through that, I've, I've decided that God's got us on a journey, not a destination. He got me here, which was nice. I, I really appreciate that he did, but it wasn't this that was as important as what I learned along the way to get here. Um, I tend to say, God, I've learned my lesson in patience. Why are you teaching me again? Let's just move on. But he's not really doing that. He's going to just keep working with me on that. And, um, and I get frustrated with that. I do. And I don't want to have to wait again. But the problem I have now is that I've gotten what I wanted. My life's not over. I've still got places to go. I've still got things to do. And so God gave me all new wants. The plus side of all of it is that now I can say, okay, God, I've had this period of waiting. I know what this feels like. And I know that at the end, actually, you gave me something way better than I had imagined for myself. So it, it happened to be pretty much what I wanted, but it wasn't in the way I envisioned it. And so I can trust you now that what you're going to give me next is going to be so much more than anything I could actually ask for or plan for myself. Um, this particular verse is, sorry, I've got a little screen here. This particular verse is one that I've, I've held on to through all of this period of waiting. Um, and it just kind of sums up how I can handle the wait. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So, in hindsight, we can see a lot. I can see that God had a plan for me all along and that it wasn't just about getting what I wanted, but getting everything God had for me along the way. And I wouldn't trade one second of it. Sometimes it comes up, this is, we've had a conversation several times with me and Melissa, we're, uh, we both had plans to be married younger and, and sometimes wish that we had some of the advantages of that. Sometimes I just wish I was younger. Yeah, true. And so sometimes we'll, one of us will say to the other one, I wish that I knew you when I was 20. Mm -hmm. And then we realized that we were different people when we were 20 and we, we, don't, we didn't really wish that. So it changes and we say, well, I wish I knew what I know now and knew you when I was 20. But then we realize it's still not quite enough that it's, so we say, well, I wish everything was the same, but now we're magically 20 again. <laughs> but even then, God still has more to just, he still says, no, there's, there's so many things happening right now for us. So many things we enjoy because of where we're at in our lives. And honestly, that's the best plan. So eventually we end up saying, yes, I wish things were exactly as God put them just right now. <laughs> and, and we really, I can't think of a better way. I can't wish for a better situation than what God has shown me in the fullness of his plan.
So, sorry. Sorry, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, I mean, being, being more adults than we were at 20, um, just in general, I think, I think we've realized that there are some things that are just not worth it. It's not worth it to fight over who's going to unload the dishwasher. And at 20, I guarantee I would have. So it's, it's that wisdom and age thing, you know? It works. So it turns out we can't plan better than God. Um, and yeah, there were times of heartache. There were times where waiting wasn't easy, where it even hurt. Um, but it's not a payment. We're not going through a tough time so we can get to that present. It's because, honestly, if I had to pay for it, if I have to pay for a present, I don't call it a present. <laughs> if I have to pay for something, if I have to go through a hard time or do something I don't want to do in order to get something I want, I call it a payday or a compensation. Mm -hmm. When it's a gift, it's something that God gives us. And, and that's really what this is all along. It's just bigger and better than I expected. And that's kind of more the attitude of a loving father. Mm -hmm. I'm, God isn't my boss. He's, he's my dad. <laughs> and it definitely doesn't match what Jeremiah said. So, I don't know. I lost my place. <laughs> but basically, God doesn't play a zero-sum game. He doesn't give us, here's some bad so it can offset the good. It doesn't have to balance out in the end. We just don't realize all the time that what we're going through actually is good. We can't see it until we're through it from the other side. And it, it, I will say, it's, it's hard when you're in it, and not to be all Debbie Downer, I don't really want to go through it again, but I do know it's going to be a good thing for me. It's not actually the horrible thing that it feels like while you're in it. It's, it's something that God's going to work with you on so that you can trust him and go to him more than you have before. And... Each time we go through this, we learn a little bit more how well we can trust God. Like a child, we can't just jump in. We have to learn over and over again that we're going to be okay so that we can trust fully and with abandon. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to ask you guys something now. Um, is God asking you to wait so that he can teach you something? Is there a reason that He's got you walking down a path different from where you would go. And is there something in that weight that's beneficial and growing and wonderful, a gift in itself? Yeah, I think, I think if you can go to God and, and talk with him honestly about it and really and truly pour out all of the parts of your heart that you don't really want to say to God, that you feel like, well, I don't think he's going to like it when I say I'm mad at him right now, and I don't think he's going to like it when I say I'm frustrated. When you can get to that point where you can talk with him about all of that stuff, he's really and truly, he's going to do amazing things in your life. He's going to, to push you in ways you didn't know you could even be pushed before, but he's going to, to really work with you, and, and you're going to enjoy it when it's all done. So. Yep. That's it for us, I think. <laughs> We were looking for Adam to hand back off. Yeah. Okay. Adam wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Thank you, guys.
Thank you. Thanks for, uh, it's kind of crazy up here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like your first time. <laughs> um, I kind of like the challenge when I was just taking notes, you know, what, I think as we go throughout this week, like what are the things, you know, they, they shared a lot about it. it was their relationship and the idea of, of finding each other in marriage, but what are the things in our lives? I don't know what that is. That is crazy. Um, I just do it. What the things in our life are that, you know, that maybe we're like, hey God, where are you? You know, what, what about us? And then it kind of makes you think like, what about my life is he trying to change before I can get to that place? Does that make sense? Like, because I think so many times I get impatient. I want that thing, whatever it is right now. And I feel like God's like, yeah, but you're not ready. Um, I've got something more in store for you. So um, I know me, that's a great challenge for me as I go. So thank you very much. Um, reach in front of you. Uh, there's two cups there. We're going to have a time of communion.